Hi, this is Riggs Eckleberry, CEO of Origin Clear, and welcome to the podcast Water is the New Gold, which is based on a briefing that I give every week in a webinar, and it really explores how water is changing disruptions. Go ahead, give a listen, and stay tuned. And it's Thursday, December 5th, and it's great having you on board after an interruption of a couple of weeks as we went through um, first this amazing trip to Spain and then, of course, in the U.S. Thanksgiving. Most of you have seen the press release, the video, and so forth. If not, I recommend that you watch this super cool video um, it's on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash originclear. It's also on our website, and we'll be publishing it very shortly in the Money TV that I did just, to just today. What basically happened is that Three years ago, a company called Montaja Songares decided to create a specific dedicated company to develop a system for treating pig manure effluent. It's called Turin in Spain. And so they called it De Pu Fort. De means reduce, Pu for Turin, or for us, obviously, Pu, and then Pork for pig. So. Depi Pork is the name of the company, and they decided to create this system, and they reached out and became licensees, and they've worked very diligently to create this first commercial system. They call it a pilot plant, but in fact, it is a commercial-scale system. 30 tons per day is low because, uh, just to give you an idea, if you have 4,000 cows a day. This is one dairy in Wisconsin. The Central Sands Dairy in Wisconsin milks more than 4,000 cows a day. They produce about 37.5 million gallons of manure and wastewater per year, which, by the way, are 56 Olympic-sized swimming pools of poop every year. Now, what does that translate to? I won't go through the math, but basically it translates to about 142,000 metric tons or 389 tons per day. The system that was built here is roughly a bit less than a tenth of the size. It's about 30 metric tons per day. To give you an idea, you have to, to now that is a huge dairy, the 4,000 cows. But, you know, remember that everything's becoming very, very scaled up. What I was informed when we were touring, I saw these pig farms that were closed, shuttered, and our host said that if you have less than 2,000 pigs, you can't survive, you can't make the money. And that's happening all over the place. Uh, there's a huge concentration of these things. So in order to handle, for example, 4,000 head of cattle, which I don't know precisely how that translates to pigs, but let's say it's roughly the same, you'd have to have something 10 times as big as what they built, which is fine because there's a rule of 10 in pilot plants where if you've shown that something can be done at, let's say, 10, then you can safely assume they can handle 100. You can't assume they can handle 1,000. So we have something scalable to potentially uh, one of the very largest operations, uh, 4,000 pound dairy plant, for example. And the reason I mentioned dairy farms is that we have an enormous opportunity in the Northern Tier, Wisconsin area, with dairy farms. Um, and just to give you an idea of what these factory farms are about, five states have more than one quarter of the estimated 20,000 large livestock farms known as Concentrated Animal Feeding Operations, CAFOs. Iowa has uh, almost 2,000, Minnesota about 1,200, North Carolina about 1,200, Texas about 1,000, and California about 1,000. There's many more throughout America, but that just gives you 
a flavor, imagine that you have, you know, 20,000 of these and each of them needs roughly 10 times what was built there. You're talking about a vast number of farms that need it and they would each pay. I've seen um, prices uh, quoted for the Wisconsin area of around 300000 for for a dairy farm, $1,000. So maybe a quarter million to $500,000 would be about right. Obviously, we wouldn't get all 20000 of the large ones, but you get an idea of the size of the market. There's a lot of these. Let's say there's just 10000 of these farms that we get. Let's call it an average $250,000. You know, it's $2.5 million. So it's $2.5 million for these farms. So it's pretty large. I apologize. It's a good deal more than that. Yeah, it's two billion five hundred thousand. Two billion five hundred million is ten thousand four million each, and that is just is less than half of the farms in just five states of America. So the size of the market is huge. Up till now, we've really operated on a licensing basis, which means that we collect five percent of the total. Typically, it's five percent. It varies. It's up, down, but whatever. Let's call it 5% of the total system. In the case of Depuport, we are one-third of their total system. We collect 5% of the total sale because it's impossible to say what is our part in terms of value. But now that we are taking the Depuport system and licensing it back as a complete product, we're able to sell it directly or to resellers. And so instead of getting this 5%, we can get a much larger margin. We'll still do licensing. Well, you know, okay, so just to back up a little bit, Debbie Pork is a licensee. They pay us that, that royalty. They pay us also for components we sell them. So let's say that a quarter million dollar uh, unit um, would have the 5% royalty. About uh, one third of it would be components that we would supply. So roughly $100,000 plus the training. It's a, it's a pretty good chunk of money, but it's nothing like selling the whole system. So. Deputy Pork is going to continue to pay us whenever they sell one of their units in Europe. They'll pay us for the components. They'll pay us the royalty. That's all good. But in addition, we're, we're busy agreeing on a deal to remarket that. Then we let our licensees have it, the Deputy Pork system that is patented. Then we sell it ourselves through directly and through uh, sales reps and so forth. So it's a very large business, and we're positioned to do more than just get royalties off of it, is my point. What happened? Well, as I said, they, they got to where they had this pilot plant running. They let us know that it was working pretty well. And so we came out, and we reviewed it. And first of all, these farms are super clean. The Spanish and, and most uh, of the European operators have learned that a really high-quality operation with a focus on animal welfare makes a dramatic difference in terms of productivity. In other words, it's cheaper to spend a little bit more money on animal welfare. For example, we were shown a hog farm for breeding, and they showed us that just adding proper ventilation would take the number of piglets per sow from 30 per year to 34 per year. That's more than 10% increase, and this just for ventilating. So there's a lot of reasons to do this. And by the way, there's a huge um, issue in China where they have not taken good care of it, and of course they have a terrible problem with the swine flu. They're they're having to kill off all these these swine because of the swine flu. This is 
actually leading to an enormous amount of business for the top 10 pork producing countries outside of China. Top producing areas, of course, are China, then the European Union, then the United States, and then Brazil, Russia, etc. So as we see China really take a huge hit, it's called the African swine fever for the world's pig world in China, that production could be cut in half. That's roughly 300 million to 350 million pigs lost in China, almost a quarter of the world's pork supply. It's a massive number. So what the Spaniards are looking at is an enormous increase because other players are not increasing. Holland, for example, has totally gone out of the pig production business because of environmental problems. But Spain has been willing to increase its pollution with ammonia. It's the only country in the European Union that has dramatically increased rather than decreased its ammonia, and they want to do more. So they are aggressively grabbing the share from these Chinese losses, these, these killings that are occurring and that are not likely to end soon because the Chinese have these terrible practices. What the pork producers in Spain uh, are looking at is dramatic increase. Now, here's the problem. You can grow pigs on land that is sufficient to absorb the manure and you just spread the manure on the land and everything's fine. But when you turn into a factory, now you're going to greatly outstrip the ability of the land to absorb that. And the lands, we were shown all these lands, and they are completely saturated with manure. In fact, they must they have to be at least from each other. And they're literally making sure that they put a farm, a large, large farm, every 10 kilometers. They measure it off and they do it. So that's, that's their strategy is to put a large farm every, every, every one kilometer of radius around and then to maximize the size. But since they now have way too many pigs for the land to absorb, they have to treat the manure. They have to, number one, separate out the good fertilizer, and with the remaining water, they have to neutralize the ammonia, which is very, very important. If they don't do that, they will not have a, they will lose the, the opportunity, it goes away. So these guys are serious as a heart attack, and this is why Deputy Pork is working on this in Spain, because there's a huge commercial opportunity caused by the life or death need for these pork producers to, to grow. And they're building, we saw times we were touring and new farms that were being built still. And they're amazingly sophisticated and they're huge. So that's what's going on in, uh, in China. And um, what really amazed me was how much the principles of EpiPor were like, your technology is essential. Basically, what we do is it's part of a, a process, this, this three-stage process that we have where all separation, that's not us, and then you do microfiltration with chemical flocculation. Flocculation is when you basically make a little chunks. And then we can pick the very, very smallest solids that can't be chemically flocculated and complete that removal. And then our advanced oxidation does the ammonia reduction. Now, that is the biggest deal. Ammonia reduction is huge because the law says that they can only have 210 kilos of, of nitrogen production. Ammonia, of course, is nitrogen plus uh, hydrogen. The maximize is 210 kilos of nitrogen production per hectare per year. And a hectare is what, about 3.4 acres. But we, with our system, can help Deputy produce nitrogen production to 16 kilo, less than one-tenth of the limit that is in the law.
which is huge. That is an enormous um, jump because what it means is obviously you can dramatically increase the size from there. You can make huge operations. So that's what we achieve with, with the technology. Uh, ammonia is a real problem. It makes land, I'm not going to get into all the reasons, but it's a real problem. The agreement that we have is to, A, obviously we're going to continue to supply components, these, um, these, these, uh, these uh, racks, these electrode racks, to uh, Deputy Pork as they sell units. We'll get the royalty, which is 5% of everything they sell. And then even more interesting is we now get to resell worldwide outside of their European market. So expect to be able to announce that soon and uh, move forward there. Also, there was a new licensee who joined us from Romania. And these are wonderful people, and they are very, very aggressive. And not only do they work in Eastern Europe, but they also work down in the, uh, the Middle East on these various things. You, you wouldn't know it, but a place like Morocco is a huge producer of pork, and so is Israel. So there's, despite the fact that they, not, neither, none of them can eat the pork, but they do produce it. Aqua DMP, the Romanians were, were our new licensees. They were there. Bill went to Romania and toured these sites that they build, and they are extremely uh, strong licensee. But then outside of Europe, we pretty much have the run of it. We, we have the, we expect to have the licensing. This deputy pork system, we have patent on, Spanish patent number 2011, and they, you know, we'll have the uh, worldwide rights to that, and we'll be able to remarket it as a complete system with references in Spain soon after. So this is, for me, a big win because it's really the very first time in our history that someone has built um, I mean, they, they've built units, but they have not built it at this scale, nor have they so completely solved the problem. And this has been really the issue for us is having partners who had the ability to integrate our technology, and these guys have done it. And it's also a massive market. Um, I was telling you, again, you do 10,000 farms in America, a quarter million each, and you're talking about $2 billion, $500 million dollars in sales. You know, if that all by itself is just royalties, then that's still $125 million. That's without counting the 30% that is in components. So now we're at $875 million by supplying uh, the 30, by getting 35% of the initial sale. Now, these numbers change, but that kind of gives you an idea the profit on these deals is often far less than 35%. We're getting a lion's share of these initial sales by providing the innards of these systems. Really interesting that, and I think it's very, very promising for us. So that's the situation in Spain. I encourage you to stay tuned, uh, watch the videos, and there'll be a series of announcements. I believe that Debbie Pork has been selected for the Madrid Climate Change Conference. It's happening right now from the 1st to the 11th of December in Madrid as one of the 101 Spanish technologies that most influence climate change for the better. That's not confirmed, but it was something that they thought they had when I was there. So stay, stay tuned. This is extremely good news. For me, it's kind of like the biotech goes on for years and years and years trying to get approval of a drug. And finally, they get the approval and all of it pays off. And I kind of feel that it's that way because just like a biotech, where you've got something that you have patent rights to. So you created something that 
is validated, is patented, and that you can make money from, well, that's kind of the position where we believe that we are. The plan then is to continue with that and really to make that a huge tentpole of our technology division being run by Bill Charneski. So I think that covers the, the animal farm story. I'm you know, super excited about it, and I think we're going we're gonna to have a lot of fun with it. I'm not going to bore you with a lot of the numbers. Uh, more numbers are coming out. There's going to be a you know, case study done and a whole web, website. And, and of course, the, it's more for the water people to understand than for general investors and consumers. But like I say, it's really great. Okay, now uh, on other fronts, we are continuing to uh, make the operation more efficient. It was crazy because uh, in Q3 versus Q2, we had a small decrease in revenue, $75,000 on a million dollars in revenue. And that to me was just not appropriate. It was just not okay to have that. So when you have that small a number uh, that you're down, then it means that your systems are off because we, we booked a lot of business in Q3, but there's this thing called recognized revenue. The way the accountants measure it, it's when you've reached certain milestones and it does not necessarily mean you collected the money. Now, we have you know, fantastic managers in Texas and they are brutal about collecting money and being profitable with cash. But unfortunately, that is not a measure for a public company. What's the measure for a public company is this recognized revenue number. And the fact that we missed this number by so little, given how much business there was that was happening and how well we've been doing and continue to bring in new deals, I think was ridiculous. So that is something that we took very seriously. Tom Marchicello, our COO, is working with the teams to make them much more efficient. We're basically integrating modular water systems into progressive water so that they're one and able to operate with uh, economies of scale versus trying to make them separate. And then also put in place much more sophisticated CRMs, uh, customer relationship management systems, to track all the projects, to know exactly what's, what's going on minute by minute, and to not have these uh, fairly foolish outcomes for a quarter. I can tell you that I was basically not happy with it because, like I say, the amount was so tiny we could easily have had a win if we had managed for it. It's kind of like when presidents win in the electoral college, then the people who don't say, well, we had the popular vote. And it's happened with a couple of these elections. It's happened, happened with Bush and it also happened with Trump. The answer to that is, hey, the rules of the game are that it's the electoral college. Similarly here, you know, people can say, well, we're doing so much business and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but your recognized revenue number which is the one that matters, is down by 75K. And you know that you could have focused on that. So you get what you focus on. And my commitment to you is that the operation is going to be much more focused on that. Meanwhile, what we know the most promising the thing that's going on is the prospective acquisitions. I cannot tell you a word about any of it. I cannot assure you that there will be acquisition because I would be conditioning the market. So I'm not going to say anything about that, only that we're working very diligently on it, that these are very doable deals, that the financiers are in the picture, et cetera, et cetera. And we think we have found a new formula for acquiring companies. We've basically made this our highest priority 
for Q4 and going into Q1 of 2020 is to get these acquisitions done. So that is what I am focusing 100% of my energy on. And so is Tom, our COO, along with the other stuff that he's doing. And I'm confident that things have come out well, but again, I cannot tell you that we're going to get anything. I can't guarantee an outcome at this time. Now, if we were to get acquisitions done, it would dramatically change the profile of the company versus what you might call organic growth. One of the things I've learned about the water industry, as opposed to faster industries that have been in it before, is that the transactions go extremely slow. And that's even true with these prefab modular systems that, that, are, that are rolled out. It still, for some mysterious reason, takes a long time. We had this almost $100,000 unit that we sailed that we announced back in January, and there's still little bits of it being completed, you know? Most of the money's come in already, but you still have some percentages left to go. As those of you know who are in accounting, that's the part that, that makes it the revenue recognizable. So these things are slow, which means that it's very hard to put the pedal to metal with individual water companies. You can do it, but what's better is to get more companies and then be able to have more of an effect, grow through acquisition, and then make the acquisitions more productive. And that seems to be the way to do it. As I say, this is a huge priority for us, and you'll be continuing to hear. I'm very confident about this with specifics, but please don't take this as any kind of representation at this time. It's very, very important that way. And we have a bunch of announcements uh, teed up that are very, very good. There's a bunch of um, stuff related to Jeffrey Pork, the, the animal farming thing, and there's a bunch of other stories relating to sales that we've made or are, are making now, patents that we believe we can get filed on new technologies and more interesting stuff. Also, we're making it a policy of issuing a case study every other week. That is very, very important because we have great technology. I'll give you an example. Back a few months ago, I was touring our operation in McKinney, Texas, and there was this trailer fully equipped with water treatment systems inside. And I said, what is this thing? You know, Mark Stevens said, well, that is actually a very interesting system. Uh, I don't know if you guys who own, you guys and gals who own pools, there's only so many times you can shock the pool. And eventually you got to drain it half or more and then refill it with fresh water. Well, what this pool company did is they say, okay, why don't we just run the water through a proper water purification system and put it back in? And that way, it's kind of like a kidney dialysis. That way you've got yourself some clean water. And so we built one and we were going to get more, and I believe we've got more. And I went, wait a minute, that's just one city. This is a great market. So we're going to take that, create a case study, and then be able to market these things. Because what I found is that we have all these gems inside the company that the guys are used to delivering you know, brilliant things. But what we have to do, Tom and I and the marketing team, is pull these jewels out and turn them into real products. And what, I'm, what I mean by that is this is actually our overall strategy at the company, which is make acquisitions. And here I'm talking, of course, about our first acquisition, Progressive Water. Make acquisitions and then obviously run them for revenue and so forth, but also extract from them the pearls. And these are companies that they're so busy trying to get the next sale, they don't have time to think about, well, what about this pool cleaning system? Can I turn it into a product? They just don't have that luxury. This is our job as corporate, and this is why it's very important for these companies to become part of a bigger whole because they will see their cool things 
commercialize while they keep doing their, their sales of these custom systems. And that's, I think, what's going to start working. At one level, you have to sell water treatment systems to users. Business users is, our, is what we do mostly, but we also do some municipal work. You got to make those sales, it generates the revenue, et cetera. But then you also have to generate a product line that is going to be repeatable, that you can scale up, that is actual devices, equipment. That's the difference between a complete system and perhaps a pump. Well, you can sell a lot of pumps. It's a little harder to sell a bunch of half million dollar systems. And so you need both. You need to have the exposure to the market from these water systems, buildings water systems that we've been doing, but you also need to create a product line for the cool things that are invented to solve problems in every one of those cases. And that's the combination that is so exciting that we're putting together here. I can tell you that strong, profitable water companies are lined up to get acquired. We have lots and lots and lots of excitement. There is no problem in terms of the people wanting to be acquired. They get it, they're excited. What we simply have to do is get the mechanical part of the M&A. Now, this is where we have a real strength in Tom Marchesello. If you look at his bio on Origin Clear, you'll see that he has a background in doing mergers and acquisitions and buy-side investment banking. Buy-side means working for the, the buyer. He demonstrated that in a meeting with the finance people just a couple of days ago, and they were blown away by his ability to understand exactly what they needed. We have a very strong COO, and it really is a welcome change. So that kind of gives you the, the, the outlook as to where we stand. I will be continuing to brief you every week until the end of the year. I'm sure there'll be a break for the holidays, but that kind of catches you up a little bit. Like I say, it was a lot of fun being in Spain, and I'm glad I went. And we're going to see a lot more of these wins now because I can tell you this, there's interesting things happening in other countries. So that's the picture for tonight. I strongly recommend that you give a call to the team. The number, again, is 323-939-6645. And there's three of us working for the company. They, they, they're not paid commission for what they do. Uh, they're just very dedicated and they have a lot of other duties. But they're here to help you. 323-939-6645 is the number. We talk to Ken at 201, Devin at 116, and the incredible Michael Mann at 206. So again, 323-939-6645. You can participate in our company on a preferred basis by jumping into uh, the current offering, which we are definitely wrapping up. That's fair warning. 323-939-6645. 201 for Ken, 116 for Devin, and 206 for Michael. Thank you, everyone, for listening. It's been a pleasure talking tonight. I look forward to talking to you next week. Good night. Well, that's it for this podcast. Thank you very much for joining, and I hope you stay subscribed. If you'd like to interact with me, give your ideas, ask me questions, it's live every Thursday, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Just sign up at originclear.com slash CEO. Take care now.